Support for this program comes from Tiger Lily Communications, public relations, content creation, publicity, and marketing for creatives. We make you look even better. Find out more at T-I-G-E-R-L-I-L-Y communications.com. And welcome to Speak On It, the podcast where the creatives tell their stories about what they do and why they do it. I'm Felicia Hodges, and today we're continuing our dive into another side of the creative with martial artist, poet, and teacher David Nelson, part two. The career psychotherapist has studied karate and traditional martial arts for over a half a century and has written Black Belt Healing, a martial artist guide to pain management and injury recovery. He's also published two books of his poetry, so of course, there was a lot to talk about. He rejoins us today to give some insight on the importance of challenging yourself as an artist. It's always important to have a challenge. Now, as my body is becoming more matured and tenured in the arts, I, um, I'm sneezing, you can <laughs> pull a muscle. So, <laughs> uh, so we have to be very careful about what, what, what your limits are, how you push yourself. And so I, I, I'm taking a lot more of internal challenges, doing some more yogic um, breathing exercises. Uh, I got, I, I've been doing more of that. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Iceman, Wim Hof. But um, I've been doing his breathing exercises, and I absolutely love it. I've been doing that for a year and a half, and taking ice shower, ice cold showers and ice baths. My wife actually bought me a rain barrel for Christmas. So I, I put it out in my courtyard and fill up the water with cold and ice water, and I dunk for a couple minutes a day. What I like about it, it's the uh, hormetic stress, the, the small amounts of stress you keep putting on your body and mind, something you really are aversive to. Nobody wants to take a cold shower. I mean, it's like people talk about it. You don't want to do it. But there's a little bitty stress. It's like Sancho and Kata. You start off a little bit getting hit, the, the training in that Kata. They, they beat you and beat you, but they don't slam on you right away. It's just a little bit of touching here and there till the time you're black, but you can take full blows. Well, same with cold showers. And it's, but it gets really trained the mind to take it. And now it's addicting. I wake up, I have to start my day with just walk in the shower, hit the cold, and let's go. And it feels so good. Um, but there's a lot of health benefits involved in it. I mean, because it increases your heart rate and all that stuff. And so it's, uh, it clears out the mind. It makes you feel really good. And then the breathing exercises, you tap into some deep meditative states. Um, so that's what I've been doing as a challenge of my artistry. Uh, and I call it part of my martial arts because it's that internal challenge of doing something that's really outside my comfort zone, but that's not going to hurt me too much. And if you do it, you have to do it safely. But I think that's part of the of being an artist is always stepping outside those zones. You know, you're writing something and you go, man, that's really weird. You know, I'll throw it on Facebook and see if people like that. It's awesome. They, they, they really like it. You know, and there's some of those things that I think I really like and you know, I get, yeah, it's moderate. You know, I think it's that, but the stuff that really comes out real spontaneous, it, I just, it flows on the paper. And it's like, oh, that, that has something to it. You just throw it out there. And that's the fun part. But part of me too, for the training and for the, for poetry, it's like, I, I've learned not to become attached to anything like that. It, to me, are just more clouds. I throw it out there, have fun. 
So people ask me, well, do you have a poem you remember to write? You Can you recite something for me? And I go, nope. <laughs> I have no idea what I write. I just throw it out there, forget about it. It's like, that cloud's gone. <laughs> I'm, waiting for, I'm, I'm waiting for new clouds to show up. I'm not, I don't rest on the old stuff. I'm always playing with the freshness of this moment. I, mean, I know what it was maybe about, but if you ask me for the words, it's like, no, no, it's just, you know, <laughs> just about letting things go. Again, that's where the Zen training has pervaded my martial arts. The martial arts has pervaded my life. It's phenomenal. I mean, it's, um, and it is an art form. It, it really is because it makes you an artist of life itself. Um, again, by studying that microcosm of what we do in the arts, you understand the bigger picture. If you take a look, and there are many people who never take that time of really looking inside. They're just all, it's all about the trophies and the belts and the, uh, the ego and uh, being, being called by all these different titles. And nothing against it. If you have a title, I will use it. Personally, just don't really use them. Yeah, because I, I got that from my teacher, my karate instructor. I, even though he had these titles, it was like, oh, he's a sensei, you know. And uh, I've been known in my then uh, Zen teacher. Heaven forbid you ever call him Roshi, uh, you know, for a Zen master. You know, he said my name is Nonin. And these mentors are very important in our lives, and it's really important to pay attention to them. Another mentor I have is a, is a, actually a psychologist of my friend of mine. He wrote the foreword for the book, Dr. Stacy Shook. He's a Kung Fu master and a psych, he was a child psychologist. And he was, he's, uh, to meet him, as you think you're with Robin Williams, he has that kind of spontaneity and fluidity. I met him probably 30, 40 years ago. And he, go, he goes, Dave, yeah, when I first met you, I saw that you had one foot in the regular counseling world and one foot in the crazy counseling world it was my job to get both your feet into the crazy counseling world and he did i mean he brought out my the ability for me to be free and spontaneous within counseling sessions and to make counseling um full of life and to bring let people really be who they are and uh that freedom within a counseling session too to learn how to really truly listen to an individual to their story and be able to listen to my inner voice of how to respond, not what I was trained to respond with or try to help somebody. Heaven forbid if I ever tried to help somebody, that was a total disaster. But to really truly listen and to hear that little voice inside my head that would say, ask them this. And then I would listen to that and it was like spot on. And that was really learned to help me to connect with another human being and, uh, and bring that and help them with their own healing. That part of that creative process that Dr. Shook helped me with is to, to really let go of what I was taught and to go into this, uh, this other part of myself and to trust that, which, my, which is my Dharma name, my Buddhist name means to trust. And to really trust this whole process of this moment as it is in no other place. And it's amazing how it's helpful, not only to the other person, but to myself. And I'm going, damn. That's really exciting because it's not me talking anymore. It's, it's coming from this creative source. And that's the fun part of it. And it's fun and energetic. And um, what's really fun, and, and, and I, I, well, I had my, my, cut my hair recently, but you know, I, mean, I had long hair before down to my shoulders. And, and uh, most of folks who don't really know what I look like, I looked like uh, Doc Brown from Back to the Future. And uh, I looked like a crazy man sometimes. And I worked, I worked in uh, Native uh, uh, reservations for 14 years. And so I, I sort of had gained the reputation of being 
the crazy white guy. And people didn't say go to counseling anymore. They said, hey, go see Dave because he's, he's different. He's, he's, he know he understands us. And um, that was part of that whole process I mean, uh, of, of understanding a whole different culture of having to go in with what, I'm, what I learned in graduate school doesn't work here on a reservation. And so I had to connect with people. And that was the important aspect. It was really important. And we'll be back with more on the connection between healing and creativity from author and martial artist David Shinzen Nelson right after this. Stay with us. The Groove Pavement Podcast, talk show, and movie review where we break down the black exploitation era, the cinematic genre, the exploitation of the black culture, and experience through film and media. We'll also dive into the cast, the subgenres, the TV shows, and the music. Outside of the films, we'll view some critical signs of the time and what these stories meant then and now, from entertainment to society to economics. The Groove Pavement. Catch a new episode each Thursday on Hudsey.tv. Facebook, and thegroovedpavement.com. And we're back with psychotherapist, poet, and author of Black Belt Healing, a martial artist guide to pain management and injury recovery, David Shenzhen Nelson, who talks about the similarities between Zen and different cultural traditions, as well as the importance of using his creativity to help heal trauma in both his practice and the Zen and healing retreats that he conducts. Part of my healing process was to get rid of all my conditioning. And because uh, that's the worst thing an artist can have is too much conditioning. And um, but again, it was that freedom that I had, had to find inside, inside my box of conditioning and, and to bring this out. And, uh, and so many of my friends, um, it's just amazing how connected over the years and talking about different aspects of life that you can't talk about in the, the outer world. <laughs> in other cultures, you'd be considered a bit weird. But within sessions, within a, a different cultural context, was fascinating. And having the ability also to uh, um, work with people who were medicine people in the community and doing sweats, different, and doing smudging, and um, all these different healing things were fun. In fact, one of my healing arts retreats was held uh, at the Ho Chunk Nation at the Local VFW center. My one of my staff, he's an addictions counselor. I uh, was a, a war veteran, marine, and a strong healer in the community, with good reputation. And he used to let, hold a lot of uh, healing retreats. And he has this huge teepee, a ceremonial teepee. So for one of my Zen healing arts retreats, we we set up the ceremonial teepee, and we did our, our Zen meditation in the teepee, and then we did sword work all afternoon. And it was phenomenal. And uh, what's cool about the teepee and a zen and a zendo where you meditate, the 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 entrance into a zendo you have to bow, and to bow and to get into a teepee you have to bow. And in the center of a teepee, in the center of our zendo is the altar and the fire, and you have to walk around the left to go to circle the fire to sit, and so and circle back out, and bow when you go in and go out. And there's so many similarities I've discovered with, I call it earth cultures and uh, the Ho-Chunk traditions that work with the Ho-Chunk and with the Stockbridge Muncie Band of Mohicans. But um, the, the similarities of different traditions and healings are like, wow. So, so it was sort of like when, that, when I was bringing out my martial art healing, 
into my psychotherapy practice because I had the, the, the ability to do that. It was, it was amazing. Uh, and the creativity that you could use within that healing process uh, to help people recover from years and years of, I'm going to say it outright, genocidal homicide, that the trauma is real. And fortunately, there's some very good people that are, are they're breaking through. They're free. And so there, there, there's some good healing going on. But it comes back with touching the earth, touching um, these healing arts. Because the, the secrets of the martial arts, so I'm going to get a rant on this a little bit, why I got the book Healing Arts, too. Again, the healing arts and the martial arts go hand in hand for many years. And I have a buddy of mine. His name is Miles Coleman. He's a Kung Fu master and master herbalist. But, we, but we've trained together for years. And so the, what I learned from him is, is uh, that the secrets of the Chinese martial arts wasn't so much the secret fighting techniques, was the healing techniques to help you get back into training faster. So my buddy Miles was able to be involved in a lot of these he went to Taiwan and did a lot of studies and stuff. But again, all these uh, cultural, earth culture arts, they come together. There's so much similarity and working with different healers within communities. And again, they don't advertise. You can't go out and find a, a medicine man. You can't, they, you have to know somebody. So you can tell I get excited about this stuff unless you ask another question. <laughs> okay, here's one for you. There may be quite a few people out there thinking that they'd like to try martial arts, but because they didn't start when they were younger, they might think that their window of opportunity is actually closing. What would you say to them? Well, I would say, you know, take a look at who's teaching the class. You know, I mean, really the teacher is probably the most important thing. And just, you have to just go do it. I mean, I hate, you know, it's the only way to do it is just to go do it. Uh, and give it some time. If you're older, I would say, yeah, definitely take, take a look at more Tai Chi, more perhaps Aikido. Their, their approach in the beginning is much gentler. Uh, even karate and different Taekwondo places are better now, too. You know, they, they gear up things for older adults. Um, even though the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu folks do. I took some up a couple of years ago. And, you know, everybody in the class is like 20s and 30s, teens, and I'm the only 60-year-old guy in there, you know. And, uh, but they didn't know how flexible and what I could do. <laughs> so they, they beat me up anyway. But I mean, they, they gear you up. They, they, they allow you to do, you know, I mean, obviously I couldn't do everything they could do because of the, uh, just the body uh, as well. But um, I would just go do it. Uh, that's the only way to just suck it up and go do it. I know that sounds stupid, but that's how I do things. So, you know, if I want to do something different, oh, I'll go, go play with you. I'll go, oh, Strap on a white belt. I'm going to go play some jujitsu for a while and see how this goes. You know, I had a great time. All right. But find an instructor who will temper it for your abilities. And if you're looking and if you can find somebody who's only hardcore, just walk away. What's next on your agenda? Is there another book in the works? What, what happens now? This sounds really weird, but I'm, since I retired, I've really become a bum. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've, I've left the world of commerce. Um, I've left the world of trading for dollars, my time for dollars. And uh, I just take it writing poetry. Um, if a book shows up, it shows up. I've had people ask me for a user of follow up with Black Belt Healing, and, and, I, and I've thought about it. And I go, no, I've said everything I've said about it. And that's all I do. You know, I could make up a bunch of fun stuff, and, you know, but I. I'm really, really lazy. 
<laughs> I just I enjoy my days of leisure, to be honest with you. So I've I've become the the Taoist wanderer of who just wakes up and meditates and does my breathing, and I go take an ice bath and go play with swords for a while. But if somebody has a problem or you know some, you know, then they can find me. You know they'll they will find me. I mean, I've helped people over the years on Facebook. People have contacted me, and I, I won't say no. I just I'm not going to get into a long-term relationship, and because I no longer maintain a license or, or liability insurance, I will put you in a direction and, um, and help you assist you along the way. And my my uh, sister-in-law bought me a coffee mug. She says I'm retired now. I can take a nap whenever I want, and, and that's so true. I just take a nap when I want to now. You know, unless my wife has a real long honey-do list. <laughs> it's just amazing how, you know, when I was younger, I thought, man, these old codgers, man, they've got some really cool stories, you know. And now I know why and how, because you, you accumulate stories over the years. Like, man, this really happened. This is really fun. And so but storytelling has become a lost art. And I think I, I think if I were to take on another challenge, the reader becomes become more, more of a storyteller. And um, um, but again, you know, that show up when it shows up too. I can't you can't force it. Um, my, my favorite Zen quote, and I learned this from can I learn Zen, practice Zen in Nebraska, right? Corn country, where you can't make corn grow by pulling on it. And that's my approach to, to life. You can't make corn grow by pulling on it. Just when that shows up, it shows up. If the corn pops up, well, I'll take care of that corn. You know, let's see where it goes. But I, if I go and pull on it, I'm like, kill it. So if a book shows up, a book shows up. Any words of wisdom for other creatives? Other than that, not too much. Other than for people to really enjoy their life as much as they can. If they have something that they love to do, a passion, I'm diving deep into it. Uh, it's not so much about as accumulating so many different techniques or ways of art, but to find an aspect of it. If you like to play the ukulele, play the ukulele. Dig it, dive into it, find your freedom. And uh, if you like to write poetry, if you like to run, if you, you know, uh, if it's a martial art, that's, that's the part of it, is, is finding freedom within the structure of the art form itself. And there's this little place inside of you that you'll find it. You, you, you'll know it. You know, the, it's a near system of karate, goju-ru. You have sanchen kata, three battles. And I've done this for many, many years. It's a very simple kata, not a lot of movement to it. But when the internal freedom woke up inside me of this kata, it became the only kata I needed. And it sounds weird because I felt, I felt, a yoga, yoga people would call it kundalini. The, the internal energy is rising through the chakras. They, they exploded in me while I'm doing sanchen kata. And the movement that I could feel from internally doesn't match what you see on the outside. There's a whole whirlwind of Wizard of Oz stuff going on inside there that uh, you'll find within your art form. It wakes you up and it makes you just laugh and laugh and laugh. It's like... How come nobody told me about this stuff? Because they can't. <laughs> they can't. You have to do, you have to dive into it and just keep doing it and dive deep. And that's one thing I learned from my karate instructor and from my Zen teacher is to go deep. 
don't go wide, go deep. And that's what I did with Sanchin. My um, karate students in uh, my little do dojo I had in a small town in Shawano, Wisconsin, outside of Green Bay. They only knew Sanchin Kai. I only taught that for three or four years. To finally they say, do you know any other katas? I go, yeah. <laughs> Can we learn them? Sure. <laughs> but actually, by that, <laughs> but by then they were getting close to the black belt, so I would assign them different kata for their temperament. It was really designed for them, and because it was a non-commercial dojo, I didn't. You know, I, I I was there. You were there to learn an art form. Students in that dojo were artists, creative artists, painters, musicians. I mean, they were like that was the the, the bulk of my student base and it was like holy garbage Does these people are from, where do they come from because artists attract artists and they and they saw the artist and that, that's the fun part of all of this how can yeah. people find your book where should they go to get their own copy of black belt healing oh well amazon's always a great place to go you know and uh, that's where most folks will find it at a good price uh there's used copies out there now and uh that are good to find. Um, uh, Tuttle Publishing, you guys go to their website. Uh, Barnes & Noble maintains it um, and on their stuff. I know uh, Century Martial Arts is carrying it in their catalog. I haven't checked lately, but I know they were carrying it. Also on Amazon, you can find his two collections of poetry, Strong Coffee, Burnt Toast, Awkward Poetry of a Lost Monk, and Bushido, Verses of Consideration, A Journey to the Interior of a Warrior Spirit. Both are under his Dharma name, Shinzen. Samurai Ethics of Bushido. And I write, I've written uh, poetry for each of the virtues. And in, in a Chinese version, it's called Fu Poetry, the Long Odes. And so, and so I've written those and put that out there. And a lot of my martial art buddies who are the older martial artists, they go, wow, Dave, there's other nuggets in this. I can only read a couple of lines and I got to set it down. But that's, that's what I wanted. And that's our episode. Check out Speak On It on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Vimeo. And don't forget to email us at tigerlilycommunications at mail, justmail.com, to let us know what you think. And again, as always, the music you hear is called Please Irene by Lynn Riley and the World Mix. The time for us actually getting together and to go out and enjoy music again is just around the corner, but while you're waiting, head on over to the group's YouTube channel to check out some of their incredible past performances. Hope to catch you again soon. Stay safe out there. <laughs>